What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of Next Gen Tigers. Sorry it's been a wait on this second one, but me and Mike have struggled a little bit to get our our schedules right, and um, it's been a tough little stretch here with classes, and we've just both been busy, so we apologize that it's been a while since the first episode, but we are back, and we are excited to talk about Clemson sports again. Today, we're going to be covering college basketball for the the men's and women's team here at Clemson, and then we're going to get into a little bit of some of the less talked about sports and, and tennis and golf and cross country and um, women's lacrosse and all that stuff. And then at the end, we're going to wrap up with some listener questions that we got over Twitter. So with that being said, let's get ready to put our chips all in and run down the hill. That's right, everybody. We're back. I'm back here with my great co-host, Mike Spinelli. Mike, tell us how you've been doing over these past few weeks. Um, stressful couple of weeks with school and all, but um, no, glad to be back here with Next Gen Tigers and uh, keep the ball rolling as we continue to uh, journey through these podcasts. For sure, and, and thank you everybody for the support and the last podcast. It was our first one, and it's a little bit nerve-wracking putting that first one out there every time, but. You know, we had some great support, and um, I'm just really thankful for that. And to, to find us on social media, uh, it'll be really important because later on in this episode, we're going to have some listener questions. And so if you guys want to, you know, get involved with our community here at Next Gen Tigers, um, really, it's pretty easy to find us. We're only on Twitter right now, but the uh, the Twitter account is just at Next Gen Tigers. It's pretty easy to find us. Um, and a lot of stuff's going on there. We cover games that we're at or just games in general. and all that kind of stuff gets covered over there. So head over there and give us a follow to stay up to date with what's going on in the next-gen Tigers world. Um, with that being said, let's, let's get straight into it. Um, men's basketball, man, not a great stretch here. We went one and two in the last three games since we last talked, and it wasn't pretty. No, I, I mean, not pretty is an understatement. I, I mean, very well should have been 0-3 in that stretch. I mean – the one win was the first game within uh, or since we last spoke. And um, we did not look good on the road in Tallahassee against Florida State. Didn't look good clearly on the road against BC. And then at home against Miami, had flashes, but still tough stretch for for the Clemson Tigers and Coach Brad Brownell. I mean, a tough road ahead, too. I mean, what's there to look forward to? Yeah, and, you know, you, you talk about that. I'll start with that. Florida State game because that was the first one we had. It's a one-point win um, on Saturday, January 28th. And um, we we win by one against a Florida State team that's just been kind of disappointing all year. And this game really kind of boils down to the, the play of really two players, I feel like. Um, P.J. Hall had a solid game, but, but really it was down to Chase Hunter and Hunter Tyson kind of just willing their way to a win for the Tigers. If you watch the end of that game, it's really exciting just to watch Chase Hunter kind of goes up for a, for a layup late in the game and gets fouled on the layup, makes it, makes the free throw, and the Tigers kind of escape with a win there. And that's one of those games that you're kind of just happy with escaping. And um, I, I don't know. It, it kind of gave me the feeling that, you know, 
I've said multiple times now, we're just a team that usually can do well in close games down the stretch. And this game was kind of another repeat of that happening. And so going from that game into the next one against Boston College, um, not quite the same story. Um, down the stretch was not the same kind of team that we're used to seeing from Clemson. No, and I mean, Clemson teams of the past, you'd be happy with games like Florida State. But I think the way this team's trajectory is going, you know, we got some old older guys on the team like Hunter Tyson and Brevin Galloway. And from the rest of the season combined, you expect more and to win games like these, especially against inferior opponents like Florida State and Boston College. Um, it's a real shame that we kind of just escaped from Florida State and then did drop to BC. But I mean, I, again, like you mentioned, a, a great game by Trace Hunter at, or Chase Hunter and Hunter Tyson. But honestly, a little bit of luck was on Clemson's side there. Um, I mean, what are the odds you get at an N one at the end of the game uh, to, to put you up? Uh, it's it's not what I want to see out of this team. Um, I mean, Thomas knows me as sort of a pessimistic fan towards my favorite sports teams, but I expect more out of this Clemson basketball team. I'm optimistic. That's the first time they're atop the ACC this far in the season for, since a long time ago, and really the first time they've been anything close to good in the last, you know, at least five or six years. You know, a fringe tournament team, cool, whatever, but a team that can lead the ACC and beat Duke, I mean, you expect more. I, I know I keep repeating myself, but you really do. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, this game was one that we won 82-81, to 81, so it was, it was a high-scoring affair, and um, it was kind of this, – this Clemson team has been up and down where some games were forced to win with the offense and other games were forced to win with the defense – um, and this was one of those games where we got we just had to outscore our opponent. Defense really wasn't played. We let up 47 points in the second half. And so it's it's inspiring, I guess. It's it's exciting to see a game like that where Clemson can win based on the offense basically alone, uh, not much defense being played, and still managed to get it to escape with a win. And so, you know, after a game where you put up 82 points, um, a few days later, you're expecting to do something more. And so, so yeah, Clemson does a great job in, in – winning against Florida State. But then um, we're getting to the next game where Clemson loses to Boston College in Chestnut Hill. And in this game, they score 54 points, but lose 62 to 54. And um, I mean, I watched the entirety of this game. I took breaks from studying to watch this game. And man, it's just hard to watch. It was ugly basketball. Yeah, th this was a really ugly game. Um, un unfortunately, I was only able to catch the second half. But I mean, from what I hear, you know, the Tigers went up big to start at the game and just just did not keep that momentum going. I mean, to only score 54 points with, I mean, the only guy that didn't really play in this game was Brevin Galloway, which huge loss, especially, you know, what some would consider a, a revenge game for him since he is a transfer from BC. But I, to put up 54 points as the top team in the ACC, you're not Virginia. I mean, Virginia wins games with defense. They're known for having a great defense year in and year out. I mean, Tony Bennett has done a great job as a coach there, but um, abysmal showing. I mean, they got lucky that it was even this close. They just played terribly all all game outside of the first maybe five minutes of the game. Again, I only caught the second half, and that was a brutal half of basketball to watch, especially college basketball to watch. I mean, you usually see athletic plays, guys have heart, but this just this team looked flat. 
Yeah, re- really, really flat. And I mean, they came out the gates not really firing per se, but they, they came out the gates with a decent lead. They were up 19 to eight, pretty all right, 10 minutes into the game. They're, they're playing really good defense at that point. And they're, they're just kind of winning the game pretty easily. And then just scoring drought after scoring drought. If you look at the game flow on the ESPN app, you can just see how like many times it took us to just not get a bucket. I mean, towards the end of the game with seven minutes left, uh, we have we just get the 44 points and then our next bucket doesn't come until five minutes later. You're not going to win games whenever you go five minutes down the stretch without scoring a basket. And I mean, those points came from from a free throw line. It's not like we were getting any any field goals to fall. If you look at the the numbers, um, we shot 30 um, percent from the field in this game and Boston College didn't play much better. They they shot 40 percent. But um, I mean, those those six buckets they got um, just ended up being too much for Clemson. And so this is a game where, man, you you feel like this is a game that you just you have to win. Um, number 20 team going to play a just really subpar Boston College team. I get it's on the road, but, man, they looked uninspired in this one. Yeah, I mean, the, Boston College is a bad team. I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. They're below 500, I'm pretty sure. Maybe they're just above it now after this last week. I, I But – I mean, this game is more than just not being able to put the ball in the basket. You have nights like that, and I understand you drop games you're supposed to win, which is always unfortunate, but to shoot 30% and only 28.6% from three as being a team that's probably considered a good three-point shooting team in the ACC this season, and then on top of that, to have 17 turnovers and have score a scoring drought, which if I'm not mistaken was, what, seven, eight minutes long where they couldn't score a field goal. I mean, yeah, they had points come from the line, but who cares? You're not putting the ball in the basket when it needs to be. And this is not the Clemson, again, I mean, not to repeat myself, this isn't the Clemson team I know this season. This is a, a classic Brad Brownell game of the past. Um, I, it, I watched this game or the second half of this game speechless because they just, it just didn't look like a, a team that wanted to be there. They, I, I, in my opinion, it's one of those things, uh, you know, being an athlete my whole life, it's one of those things, oh, we're going in here and winning and I don't have, have to care at all. And they, and they lost, you know, you hear, oh, coaches always say you can't go in there and expect to win. They went in there expected to win. And, you know, the outcome that, that you never want to hear your coach say, because he repeats it so often, it happened. They lost a game that they should have won. Yeah. And you know, that, that game was kind of, it's at this point, um, looking at it now from from the vantage point we have in the future, kind of set the tone for the next game. So I'm I'm going to go from this Boston College game where we lose by eight points to a team that's just nowhere close to as good as us to a game where it's a number 23 Miami coming to play at Clemson. So at, at this point, we've had um, basically from Tuesday to Saturday to kind of flush that game out of our system and and come into this game where it's a, you know the crowd's amped up. It's a ranked opponent coming into little John Coliseum and and Clemson needs to answer and me and you were at this game um it, the way I see it kind of to, to recap this game is just failing to um take take a take hold of of chances that we had they, they the Miami team had so many mistakes in that that first half and they just didn't play well in that first half and we just weren't able to to go out to a big lead when we really should have had one I mean that like you said, we were at this game, and I, this game comes down to to one thing, really. Clemson outplayed Miami in every aspect. The only aspect they did not outplay them in was rebounds, 
but specifically, they did not crash the defensive glass. Miami had so many offensive rebounds. Um, I mean, not necessarily so many, but way more than the Tigers did. I mean, nine offensive rebounds for the Hurricanes, two for Clemson, and that just can't happen. You can't be giving a good team, especially a good offensive team, multiple chances. And I mean, I, this one's, I think, solely on uh, on the basketball team. I mean, Little John was rocking. I, I you know, I, it was loud. I didn't know that Little John could get that loud, to be honest. I haven't been to a big enough game in there um, than this one. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the Duke game as much as I would have loved to, but a ranked ranked game against against Miami. Little John was on fire, but I just don't know what it was. And I, I'm going to blame the offensive rebounding and not being able to capitalize on the mistakes that Miami made. Exactly. And, and like it was a tale of two halves for Miami. First half, they were shooting terribly from from the field. They couldn't make a free throw. They couldn't make a three-pointer. And Clemson had so many chances to kind of just jump out to a lead at that in that situation. And they just really didn't take advantage of it. And so – then the second half comes around, and I mean, man, the, the, the Miami took the air out of the crowd by just hitting shot after shot. It's like they couldn't miss. And and so what kind of happened to that situation is you're, you're relying on your ability to come back, and that just you can't rely on being able to come back from you know down 10, 12 points against a team of Miami's caliber. Miami's one of the best teams in the ACC, so whenever they're not making shots, you have to be able to answer in some way and and you know score points and manufacture buckets in some form or fashion and they really weren't able to do that and it was really disappointing walking out of that game and and knowing you know we had a chance to kind of put our foot on the gas and take a bigger lead in the ACC with Virginia falling to Virginia Tech that that same day and Clemson wasn't able to do that this is a game where if we win this game we kind of cement ourselves as the premier team in the ACC for the time being and now we're looking at it we're we're in a three-way tie for first with Pitt and UVA so this is a kind of a game for me, where I look back and say, man, what if? What if we could have just gotten that win? What if we could have executed a little bit better whenever Miami couldn't make shots? And unfortunately, it just didn't go our way. I mean, this doesn't only cement Clemson as the top team in the ACC. They've already been being disrespected all season being at the top of the ACC, which is wild to me. So, I mean, I believe the ACC, in basketball at least, is a great conference. Um, but uh, winning this game cements yourself and probably almost guarantees you a tournament bid. You're on top. You beat a ranked team. You're on top for one more week before you go and play UNC. And it's like losing that game. Clemson now is probably a fringe tournament team. I, I mean, from all projections that I keep seeing, they look like they're going to be at a, a play-in for the 11th seed. And that's just not what you want when you've been at top of the conference the entire season. I mean, props to Miami coming into to Little John. And, you know, the Tigers haven't lost a game there all season up until this point. I mean, great game plan by – um coach Blair Nega there but I, it, I think it really just falls on Clemson just not performing when it matters again and I know this is this is the mantra of Clemson from the past you know this is something that for 13 years now Brad Brownell has done year in and year out they've disappointed on the big stage but uh, and I know I keep repeating that too but it's just something that this team can do so much better and it, it's it's a shame they really have to pick up their speed I know we're going to get into this upcoming game this Saturday, but they really need to come out firing soon, now, or they're not going to get into this tournament. And a tournament bid is probably what saves Brad Brownell's job, unfortunately. Yeah, it's kind of do or die now for, for Clemson basketball team. And I, I think kind of when I look back at these these three games, 
Um, FSU is kind of feels like a little bit of a fluke. Chase Hunter played ex- exceptionally well. Not that he's a bad player, but he he played his best game of his career. And so he kind of willed us to a win there. And, and Hunter Tyson was playing great. Um, but what's kind of become a new theme almost for, for Clemson, it seems like, is the two best players, Hunter Tyson and P.J. Hall, can't get it going at the same time. It's something where maybe one half, Hunter Tyson dominates the next half. P.J. Hall goes off, and that's kind of what we saw in the Miami game. And in the Boston College game, it was kind of just like Hunter Tyson had no help from from P.J. Hall. P.J. Hall finished that game with nine points, and that's just not what you're looking for out of a guy that's supposed to be your star player. So Hunter Tyson, and then in the, in the Miami game, Hunter Tyson has a great first half, comes out shooting lights out and, and just getting uh, shot after shot to fall. And then second half comes around, and P.J. Hall starts getting it going, and it's like, man, what if these guys could just kind of put it together at the same time? I think that kind of team, that kind of effort from from Clemson would be something that really would be scary for a lot of teams. These two guys are hard to guard because Hunter Tyson's got the got the size. He's he's 6'8", and he, he moves so fluidly. He, he's like a true small forward from the NBA. Um, the way he moves and the way he's able to play, he kind of does everything for, for the Tigers. And then P.J. Hall is a traditional center down low. So – if you have these two guys that are, you know, one of them's dominating the paint, the other one can do everything on the wing that you need. I mean, it's, it's scary hours. And then you have, you know, other guys around them like Brevin Galloway and Chase Hunter who can get their their points when it matters most too. So this team has the talent. And now that everybody's healthy, we have Alex Hemingway back, Chase Hunter's back healthy, and, and Galloway back. I thought Miami was going to be the game where it all culminated into a big win, but we needed it most. And it just wasn't the case. And so now we look forward to this game coming up on Saturday in Chapel Hill. And it's like, man, we can't get a break right now. We're coming off of two losses, and we got to go to Chapel Hill, where historically we're not too great. Um, we've won once, and that was the last time we played there. And I think we're one in fifty-eight. Um, <laughs> so, Mike, what do you what do you need to see from the Tigers this week this weekend to to see a win? Do you think? That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, to start out, they need to make their shots and make them early. Um, they have to come out, you know. Guns blazing, you know, uh, just all out, just a warfare. Because it, although this is not the UNC teams that we've seen, or this isn't the U- type of UNC team we've seen since, you know, Dean Smith was the coach and on to Roy Williams, uh, they aren't as good as they they have been. They honestly got dominated by Wake Forest, even though they did end up coming back later in the game um, and only losing by seven points. But they got dominated by Wake Forest in um, Winston-Salem, like, if take that for how you want it. But uh, Clemson has to come out, make shots, be hot from three, and they have to play like a big basketball team. You know, North Carolina's got Ar- Armando Bacot down there, Bacot, however, however you say his name. Um, he's a great ball player. He's a big dude. And I, I, if Clemson doesn't come to, come out here, I mean, I hope the game plan is to, you know, it's to crash the glass. I feel like that's the saying of the day for me, uh, but you got to get out there. You got to play big. You got to play fast and you got to be able to shoot. This Clemson team can do that. Um, PJ Hall, although he's not the, the uh, most big guy on the court, he's tall, but he's not, you know, very wide. If you want to say that he's kind of lanky, but he plays like he's a big dude. Hunter Tyson's a fairly big dude. And I mean, even guys on the bench like Godfrey, you know, they got to go up there, grab, grab some boards. Um, they got to be able to, to score. And I, you know, I feel like I'm talking in circles, but go out there, score the ball often, early and fast. 
Yeah, I think that's a good recipe for success for the Tigers going into this game against UNC. And I think the good news for Clemson fans is that UNC has lost three straight. They Their last home game was against Pitt. They lost by one. They go to Duke in a rivalry game. They lose by six. And like you're saying, they got dominated by Wake Forest just last night. And it's it's like the only hope, you know, we can really see in this one is that they're struggling right now, too. It's not just us. And so we go into this game, and it's kind of just down to the fact that we have to stop Armando Baycott. I mean, he, he's a great player. There's no doubt about it. And they have some other guys like Caleb Love, R.J. Davis. And, and um, in the Duke game, Duke really kind of forced Leaky Black to shoot a lot, too. And so this is a UNC team that, you know, teams have kind of figured out as of as of late. And I think this Clemson team can kind of try to build off of what they did a little bit. Um, we don't have a great way to to guard Baycott, but we do have some size down there. We, we can match up with them all right, and it's kind of just limiting him on the boards. Um, we have two of the ACC premier players in this one, and Hunter Tyson and Armando Baycott, like I've said, and we just kind of have to to assert our will early, I think. I think this this recipe that I'd like to see is kind of going to P.J. Hall early, get him going against Baycott, kind of show that, hey, we're not scared of you. We're not going to back down. You might be this massive man in the middle, but – we have our own guy that can hit, that can hold his own. And then once he gets going, I, I'd love to just see just once, man, Hunter Tyson and P.J. Hall firing on all cylinders at the same time. If we can find that that rhythm, if we can get that going, man, this team can be successful. And this is a, the way I see it. This is a must win for the Tigers. Um, if we want to control our own destiny in the ACC, this is one we have to win. You have to just win out, keep winning, to get ourselves a good seed in the ACC tournament. And this is a game where – if you look at the bracketology, UNC is consistently higher than Clemson. It's like, I don't really know how. They're 15-9 and nine overall. We're 18-6. and six. We have a much better record. So this is a game where you got to go prove it, man. Go prove it. We already beat Duke. We're going to beat UNC. We're going to beat these Blue Bloods in the ACC. we got to get things going quick. And this is those, one of those games where we're going into a stretch after this where if we can beat UNC, get some momentum on our side, then we have Florida State and Louisville who should both be pretty easy wins. So – this is a game where I, I'd love to just see a game where PJ Hall and 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 Hunter Tyson get going at the same time, and that would really just make me as a as a fan just super excited to see what, where this team can go. Because I'm not I'm not giving up hope on this team. We're still sitting at ten and three in the in the ACC, and we're, we're still tied for the tops of it. So, you know, I don't really care all about the net rankings and what people are saying around the country. I mean, the way I see it, if you win, you continue to win games, you'll show them up eventually. So I think we just got to keep winning games. Handle what we can handle and and let the, let the chips fall where they may. But um, in this game, I I just like I'd love to see Hunter Tyson and PJ Hall just dominate. I I, th- I think a key to that. I, I mean, I agree. PJ Hall and Hunter Tyson never seem to play well together. If that makes, I mean, what you've been saying, it's kind of a tale of two halves with them. Um, I think a key to that. Let PJ Hall, let <laughs> let PJ Hall cook. Let PJ Hall cook in the post. He's a great post player, and I just. Whenever I watch these games, I feel like I don't know if it's PJ Hall not liking to play in the post. I don't know if it's um, the coaching that tells him not to play in the post, but I think you open up a different part of your game when you kind of run like a pick and roll based post offense here and kind of have uh, have Hunter Tyson sit out on the wing, have Hunter Tyson sit in the corner. He can make those shots. He's a good shooter. And that's where I, I the wing. I mean, the deep wing is kind of where he flourishes the best. I, you let PJ Hall sit in the post there, make a move and dish it out to him. 
I think you're looking at success, and it's a way they could play well together. They're both ball-dominant players, in my opinion, but they don't both have to play like that every second of the game. Have them play together once once in a while, and I think you open up new doors for this team that if they can tap into that inner potential that they have, outside of just Hall and Tyson, but going to Galway, both Hunters, um, even the younger guys like Wiggins and Godfrey, and then get Hemingway you know, being able to shoot again as he's starting to come back from injury. I think you have something scary for March if you get there. And that's the big question, if you get there. And you can't do that if you don't win. I mean, looking further ahead, I feel like you got to go 6-1 and one in these next seven games to have a true, true, complete answer of if you get there or not. You lose more than that, you're it's kind of shaky. I think your one loss, too, has to be to Virginia. I mean, it would be nice if they beat them, but, you know, that's further down the road. I agree, and um, so I'll wrap it up here for for the men's side of things. We have that game going on Saturday at two o'clock on ESPN two. Clemson's going to be taking on UNC in Chapel Hill, so definitely tune in for that one. And hope to see our Tigers get a win there. Um, but moving on to the women's side of things, man, last episode we preached that this team needed to find consistency, and I guess you could say they found it in a way. They've lost four straight. That's pretty consistent, um, but not not the right kind of consistency. Um, so I'll just give a brief rundown. So they played four games. It's kind of hard to go into detail about all of them. But um, the first game that happened was uh, Thursday, January 26th. They lost to Georgia Tech 85-74. They went, played at Little John Coliseum at home against uh, number 15 UNC and lost 69-58. to In the first two games of February, um, they hosted Miami on Thursday, January 2nd and lost in overtime 69-66. to And then on Sunday, another overtime lost at Wake Forest, 64 to 69. And like I said, we preached last time we needed to find consistency. And unfortunately, it hasn't been found yet. Um, I mean, outside of Amari Robinson, there's not a lot going on for this team that kind of gets me excited. Um, I mean, we found consistency. <laughs> it's just the wrong type. And I mean, I, I said this last episode, if this continues – you know, as as the uh, the women's team has showed us, I mean, they very well might win three straight now. You know, I, I and I said that a lot last episode to where, you know, this team's streaky. And I, I think this could get started against a Georgia Tech team who they should have beat the first time. Georgia Tech really isn't that good. I, I mean, I think they're 11 and 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're just not anything special. I'm 12 and 11 now. Sorry. But. You know, the Tigers were going into that game, I want to say 13 and 9, 12 and 9, maybe. You got to be able to to keep the ball rolling. I mean, it's going to take a lot to get this team into March. It's looking bleaker and bleaker every day as they're sitting just one game over 500. But it all starts this week against Georgia Tech in Little John. Um, It's unfortunate that our women's team doesn't bring the crowds that the men do. But I mean, if I could say one thing to the student body, um, get behind this team because they do have potential, but it's just they just haven't been able to get it done yet. And maybe this isn't the season, but I think they if they win out, especially with some bigger games down the road, they they luckily get to play Miami again. They get to play um, a ranked Florida State team. Uh, it, the door is barely open, but if they could win a few of these, get a decent seed in their ACC tournament, and maybe make a run in that they have a chance in March or to get to March, which really is at least the goal for most teams. 
but for a power five team, probably to win it all. Yeah, th this um this team, the, the first game they lost in this stretch was that Georgia Tech game, like you said, and it was kind of an uncharacteristic game for them. They, they're usually a pretty solid defensive team. And, you know, I look at this game and I'm kind of just trying to figure out what happened. Georgia Tech isn't isn't this almighty offensive powerhouse. It, it's more along the lines of, man, they just – the shots were just falling that game. Um, Georgia Tech, looking at some of their games, they they haven't consistently been scoring in the in the eighties, like let alone the seventies. They're they're usually somewhere around the around the sixties, and some for some reason against Clemson, I don't know if the defense broke down or what it was, but they, I mean they got the best at Clemson and they scored eighty five points in that game. And man, it's it's hard to win games when your defense lets up eighty five points. They put up a good fight and and scored seventy four and. That was really on the back of Amari Robinson. Like I mentioned earlier, she's having a great year. She's kind of been that leader for our team this year. And that game kind of second half, Georgia Tech went on a little bit of a run. And then after that, it was kind of over for the Tigers. So then we get into the next game against UNC. It's a ranked matchup. And, and usually Clemson's pretty competitive in these, but um, UNC had a hot start and um, not great shooting really from the Tigers in this one. 36% uh, from the field's a lot to be desired for after that. So that game was kind of just getting outplayed by a better team. And then you get into the Miami and, and Wake Forest game. And both of these games, like I've said before, this team is competitive. They they find a way to stay competitive. And that that was the story in this one. They they fall back in the fourth quarter and, and really brought it. And then they, they tie it up, send it to overtime. They had to win the, the fourth quarter by 11 points. And, I mean, they played great. And just unfortunately, they go down to a, a really solid Miami team. And then, Similar story in, in the Wake Forest game where, man, if, if we have one better quarter, the second quarter we, we get outscored by seven. Outside of that, it's a really good game for us. So um, it's just getting the pieces to fall at the right time. This this is a – I feel like this is a, another game or another stretch of games where we just lose close games, and that's, that's the problem with this team. It's a story of, man, if they could just win a few more of these close games, they'd be in a really good spot. And so – Going into this this Georgia Tech game, um, it's going to be played um, tomorrow, actually, at 8 o'clock. They're, they're taking on Georgia Tech in a rematch, played each other not too long ago. I think this, the, what it comes down to for Clemson in this one is just you've got to play better defense. Georgia Tech cannot put up 85 points. If they do, it's going to be tough to win. So I think you got to rely heavily on, on Amari Robinson to step up and, um, I mean, other than that, it's just play great defense. Uh, this, this Georgia Tech team isn't isn't stacked. They're not. They're really not even better than us the way I see it. So maybe at Little John playing at home, they can get the job done. So I'm excited to see what they can do in this game. Yeah, I mean, key to this game is all about defense. I mean, you can't be allowing 85 points in in, in a basketball game in college basketball, I should say. Um, NBA, a different story, but or WNBA even. Uh, but 85 points. Uh, you can't, you can't, that can't happen. You can't let a team like Georgia Tech shoot 51% from the field on you. And I, I, I don't know, uh, they, they out-rebounded Clemson by seven as well, if I'm reading this correctly. Um, they had 10 more assists. I mean, they just, they outplayed Clemson. Um, unfortunately, our Tigers didn't get it done, but 85 points is the real, is the real kicker here. That's where your eye goes to first. Just the defense just isn't there. And if it is there, even just a, just a little glimpse of defense, a little like like tiny 
bit of defense can get the job done, I think, because Georgia Tech isn't that great of a team. So uh, that's really the key to this game, like you've said, and um, that's really all I could preach for for this women's team. I agree. It's really important to try to to limit their scoring. Obviously, I mean, the goal is to outscore the opponent. So if they're putting up crazy amount of points, kind of hard to do that. So I think going into this game, like I said, on Thursday, tomorrow at 8 p.m. Um, on ACC Network, really what you just want to do is uh, just just limit the Georgia Tech offense and and try to get your get your girls going early. This is a game that we have to turn things around. Uh, not a, not an easy stretch coming up here. So really just cheering for our Tigers tomorrow and then hope they can get things turned around right now. Moving on to some other sports going on around Clemson right now. Um, the Cross Country is hosting the Tiger Paw Invitational. Um, they had it last year. It was really exciting last year. It's just cool that our campus gets to host one of these uh, most prestigious, uh, you know, events. And so um, be on the lookout for that. The Tiger Paw Invitational coming up soon. Um, and then, Mike, you have some news about golf, right? Yeah. So um, over the past weekend, Thomas uh, at the Thomas Sharkey Invitational, um, Clemson golfer Thomas Higgins had a top 10 finish. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was sixth place, Thomas. Yes, he got sixth place. Sixth and... place. And, um, you know, this, um, you know, good start for the Clemson men's golf team. Um, but the spring team um, will open their schedule February 19th as the official start at the Water Sound Invitational in Panama City, Florida. So stay tuned for more Clemson golf, who I didn't know this when I committed here, but I guess it's pretty good. I mean, I'm pretty sure they had someone coming first in pretty big tournament last year. I mean, I'm a golf guy myself. I like to play as much as I can, but um, good to see the golf team performing. Yeah, and also a little fun fact about Thomas Higgins going off like that. It was also his first time competing, like, with the Tigers. So, you know, a, a younger guy showing out for the Tigers is always, always big news. And speaking of big news, the women's lacrosse team has their first game ever this Saturday, February 11th, it's exciting times for Clemson, man. Got the, the brand new team inaugural season. And if they're anything like the last first team we got, speaking of, speaking of the softball team, they'll be dominant straight out the gate. So really excited to see what they can do over there with women's lacrosse. Um, and then wrapping it up, Mike, you have some news about tennis, right? Yeah, super excited about women's lacs. Um, first game, very exciting. But um, our tennis teams, both men and women's, off to great starts so far. Um, women's tennis, um, or both teams are actually six and one. W the, the women's one loss was to number nine team in the country, Pepperdine. Um, and then the men's team, um, unfortunately, their one loss was to number eight, South Carolina. But still great starts by both of these teams and uh, hoping to keep the ball rolling and, you know, keep winning, keep winning matches and, you know, keep bringing or keep furthering that Clemson name. For sure. A lot of exciting times, a lot of exciting things going on around Clemson right now and all the athletics. And so that'll wrap us up for, for the athletics, um, the news today. But um, like I mentioned earlier, we have some listener questions. And uh, I'll say it again because I'm really trying to emphasize my point. If you guys want to get involved in our community in any way, follow us on Twitter at NextGenTigers. You can get involved. Listener questions. You can kind of just give us some uh, ideas of what we can talk about or or maybe even just keep up with Clemson Sports in, in that way. So definitely want to follow us on Twitter at NextGenTigers. But the first question we have today comes from Andrew Alexander on Twitter. It says, 
what lineup do you think is best for Clemson basketball? And Mike, I'll let you answer that one first. Um, this is a loaded question, especially with the injuries coming back. Um, at point guard, um, I think Chase Hunter's our best ball handler. Um, I would keep him at point guard. I think he facilitates the ball really well, but please keep him off the court with his brother. They do not play well together. So at my shooting guard, I would have Brevin Galloway coming back from um, a groin injury, as some may say. Um, <laughs> just had a pretty decent game against Miami. Again, a loss. So, you know, who really cares? You know, I've always said, if you lose, who cares how good your game was? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely the a starting caliber player. Um to put it at the least, um, but he's he's an animal. He puts up points. Give me a him, give me him at the shooting guard. Um, small forward. I like I like Ian Shefflin. I really do. Um, I think he brings more to the table than people see the eye. It's unfortunate when Clemson goes down, he does not get much playing time because he doesn't bring much to the much onto the floor scoring wise. He's a good guy to you know. Uh, get some rebounds, play some tough defense, but he's not that great of a scorer. So he's left out of the, off the court a lot of the time. He's honestly forgotten about by a lot of teams or a lot of fans even. At power forward, um, give me Hunter Tyson, arguably the ACC player of the year, um, having a great season, not much more to be said. And our star player, as many would assume, P.J. Hall at the five. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a big human being. He scores. He plays great defense. Um, he also dances to music before the game, if anyone did not know. He loves pregame, um, but great. Player. That would be my ideal starting five. I'm pretty sure that's the five that they put out on the floor pretty much every game. Um, if I had to choose a sixth, I know that's not what the question here is. It would be Alex Hemingway, and I think you could consider playing him over Shefflin here and there, but um, I don't know if that's what Thomas is going to say, but um, not to step on your feet, but uh, go ahead. What's your uh, starting five? So, you know, me and you interpreted this question a little bit differently. Um, you you said what starting five you like the most, and I, I took it as like what which one I think can perform the best, which is not quite the same thing. I, I agree with what you're saying for the starting five. I think that group makes the most sense to throw out there at the beginning of the game. But then I think, you know, down the stretch, if I had to choose who I really want on the floor to, to win me a basketball game at the end of the game, my, my lineup is pretty similar to yours, but there's one one difference that might throw some people off. So my, my point guard is also going to be, Chase Hunter, man, he he's by far our best ball handler. He's been our best facilitator all year. And when we when he was out, we definitely missed him big time. He had a big performance in that uh, Florida State game. So he's definitely my guy up there at the one. At the two, I agree with you. I like Galloway. Um, some people get frustrated with his shot selection, but I, I personally like it. I like that he's kind of the guy that's going to take a shot and, and never he, – he's not scared to take a shot. No matter what situation is, he'll take a shot for you. And I think uh, to be a good college basketball team, you need a guy that's that can do that even if it doesn't always go in. Um, at the three, I like Hunter Tyson, um, which really in, in the three and four, they're kind of inter interchangeable. But, I mean, obviously the best lineup on the floor has got to have Hunter Tyson out there. Um, he's just a beast. Um, and then my center, I'm, I'm going to skip the four right now. My center is also P.J. Hall, by far our best player. Um, he's just dominant down there in the, in the post. And then at the four, man, I, this is a guy that I just personally like a lot. Um, a young guy, big body. It, it's it's R.J. Godfrey, man. I'm a fan of R.J. Godfrey. I think he does what what Ian Shefflin does, but I think he provides more on the offensive end. And so I'm a big fan of R.J. Godfrey. If I had to choose a start or a five to throw out there at the end of a game that I just 
think can be the most productive, it's going to be those five guys. But but really, when it comes down to it, the way I see it, man, there's there's probably eight guys that you can kind of throw in here that I that I could see making sense, man. The, the five that I mentioned, uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter Tyson, Chase Hunter, Brevin Galloway, RJ Godfrey, PJ Hall, and then the other three guys, like you said, Ian Shefflin's definitely up there. Hemingway's definitely up there. And then somebody that's really emerged for me as one of my favorite players on the team is Chauncey Wiggins. So really, I think there's no wrong answer here if those eight guys are making up your five. Um, that's just me personally. I like those those eight guys probably the most on our team. And there's a lot of uh, youth there, a lot of guys that will be back. So a lot of exciting times there for the basketball team. And um, But, but Andrew, thank you for that question. Um, I, I would love to hear um, – any listeners, I'll put a, a tweet out later after you hear this episode, and you guys can tell us what your your starting five or your best five would be as well. Um, but moving on to the next question, we have a question from uh, William Alexander. I guess there's some relation there. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, William says, who is the most exciting newcomer for Clemson baseball? And um, me and Mike actually talked about this one so that we wouldn't repeat ourselves because I think there's an obvious answer. But I'm going to go first and talk about two freshmen that I'm really excited about. One of them more so just because um, uh, of connection that I have. But um, first off, I want to say it's uh, my, my first one is Jacob Gerald. Um, I'm excited about him mainly because he's from the same town as me. He's a really good baseball player. I've seen him play. Um, and so I'm really excited about what he can do. I have some, like, some mutual connections with him. And so uh, just looking forward to watching him play and, and grow inside the Clemson system as time goes on. And then the other guy that I'm really excited about is Cam Canarella, man. Um, he's an infielder from, from Hartsville, South Carolina. He's going to be a freshman for us this year. And, um, from all the reports that I've heard, you know, coming out of like some of the fall and spring practices, he is a guy to look for as a, as a kind of standout as a freshman, um, looking to get a, a good bit of playing time from what I've heard. And, um, man, he, it's just exciting to see that a guy like that can kind of come into a, an infield that's already kind of established and, and make his name kind of stand out among the rest. It's really exciting to see um, the amount of newcomers that we have in this class. I think that's a great question you asked, William, um, just because of how many freshmen we brought in. And then, um, like Mike's going to answer here in a second, um, there's just a lot to be excited for when it comes to New Beginnings, kind of was the name of the last episode for for Next Gen. And so um, New Beginnings for the baseball team is definitely a, a huge, huge uh, way to describe them. But, Mike, who who are you most excited for when it comes to the, the baseball team? Um. I think this is a very obvious answer, and I don't think this is what uh, William might have been looking for, but Coach Eric Bakich, um, I mean, he had success at Michigan, man. I mean, he's coming off a uh, an, uh, Big Ten tournament win, and I mean, coming into Clemson, who wants to get back on top, you know, they have the, have the pieces, in my opinion. Nothing against Monty Lee, but I think he might have been holding us back. Um, I think Backage could take us to the promised land and, you know, really make a real difference here. Um, he was he was with Clemson in 2002 as an assistant. And, you know, 21 years later, just about, he's back. And I, he's a great coach all around. And, you know, he – and uh, the way that Deion Sanders says it, Coach Prime, brought some Louie with him. Um, <laughs> maybe not the same, but – um. But he brought um, two notable players, um, and I think two players total, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Riley Bertram, the middle infielder from um, 
came from Michigan um, with Coach Backage. And I mean, put up a solid season this past year. Um, not much of a power guy, does not hit many home runs, only had two in 2022. But that does not matter because we have guys that could do that. But he gets on base. He gets on base. 298 batting average with a 370 OBP. This guy knows how to get to first base and eventually score. And I think we have guys that can bring them in. I think we have guys that can produce offensively. I think we need a guy that can consistently, you know, get hits, walk, just always be that guy to uh, to count on. On the defensive side, if you will, the pitching side, we have Willie, Willie Weiss out of the bullpen who also came from uh, the University of Michigan. And, um, I mean, he's not the most spectacular arm in the game, but he's a solid pitcher. And a Clemson bullpen that has just lost a few guys, I think this is a much-needed addition. I think it's a good transfer pickup for this team. And I think, you know, just rolling with Backage another season, um, both of these guys just have a good chance to be big here. Um, many consider Doug Kings more a hitter stadium, so it might be a little bit more difficult for Willie, we Willie Weiss to get going. But I think we're looking good for this year. And, I mean, baseball starts soon. For sure. And, you know, I, I meant to say this earlier, but this was a great question from William because next week on the next episode, we will be covering a little bit more of the, the baseball and softball side of things. So great questions from them. And like I said again, or like I said earlier, I'll say it again. If you guys want to get involved in our community, please go to the Twitter at NextGenTigers. Give us a follow. Get involved in our community. We'd love to hear from the fans more. It, it makes the whole thing just run better, run smoother. And it's always a great thing to hear from you guys. Um, and like I said earlier, too, uh, we, we do want to apologize. It's been a while since our first episode. And and that's just, you know, life gets in the way. Me and him are both full-time college students. We're both busy. Both have a crazy amount of exams. It's It's been a it's been a hectic week, a hectic few weeks, really. So um, we're looking to get back in the swing of things. We, we've got, we've set aside a time now for us to record consistently. And so um, really be on the lookout for more episodes, more consistently to come out soon. Um, but I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank all you guys for watching. Please share with your friends. Like I said, again, please, please go to the Twitter and give us a follow. Uh, share this with your friends, any Clemson bands you know. And um, make sure to also support the other podcast, Next Gen Athletics. Next Gen Hokies, or sorry, Next Gen, um, is it Next Gen Hokies or Gobblers? One of the two. Uh, I, I want to apologize to my, my good friend Trotter on that one. Uh, the Virginia Tech podcast as well. And then um, if for some reason you're listening to this and you're a South Carolina fan, go check out Next Gen Gamecocks as well. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can catch us back here on Monday. So have a good rest of your week, and uh, go Tigers.